How do you feel about Lutess Monday night? Lutess? Pleased, I guess. And you get to meet Jimmy Barrett. Oh? Why? Business. Hunt shilling from Utz potato chips and wives. Is this one where I talk or I don't talk? You need to charm him. I need you to be shiny and bright. I need a better half. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Thing Like That, a podcast about Mad Men. God bless you. you. As usual, I'm your host, Mike Levito. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Kathleen Levito. The sneezing sister. I have, um, um, I have cat allergies, and I cuddled with the cat before doing this. Yes. Um, sound reasoning. Um, <laughs> that make any sense. Anyway. Uh, we're here to talk to you about another episode. So it's been a while since we've recorded an episode because we've been very busy, and it's raining very loudly outside. So you may pick up on a bit of that, but uh, let's, let's. It'll get... be a nice white noise. It will. I feel. It will. The episode we'll be talking about is season two, episode <coughs> three. I, I'm very unprepared for this episode. No, I'm actually pretty prepared. Season two, episode. Three, yes, I was right. The Benefactor, uh, directed by Les- Leslie Linka Gladder and written by Matthew Weiner, Rick Cleveland, and Robin Veith. As Kathleen goes to get a tissue. Um, what are your first thoughts on this one? You know, it introduces a character that I really dislike. Yeah, <laughs> and I gotta say, like, I dislike like most of the storylines around him. Um, that's my main thought. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know that I entirely disagree. Yeah. But watching this, is, I, I kind of like rewatched a bit of it to prepare for this. Um, obviously, we all rewatch we watch them once. But like when I was like get, like triaging my notes, I, I, I rewatched some of it. Um, it's got some interesting stuff that we'll talk about. I think as far as character relationships go. Um, but we'll uh, like I said, we'll talk about that and uh, we'll start. By going through our synopsis. Okay, so we begin on a set of an Utz commercial for Utz Chips featuring insult comedian Jimmy Barrett um, doing doing his shtick in front of a camera. Freddie Rumson, who's the, the Sterling Cooper representative there, is just kind of dozing off. Ken Cosgrove arrives with the Shillings, who are the owners of Utz, um, and the female Edith, the female component of that couple, is a bit heavy set, and Jimmy just kind of launches into a bunch of fat jokes right when she walks in. Obviously upsets the shillings, who leave in a huff, um, and Freddie meekly tells Jimmy, Jimmy to cool it, but he just kind of never does, and he's clearly drunk. Uh, at the stables, Betty and Sarah Beth, her riding friend, watch Arthur, the, the young guy from the prior episode, talking to his fiance Tara, not Tara, Tara. Um, takes a look. Uh, 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 you know, excuse me. Arthur introduces both Betty and Sarah Beth to Tara. Um, Sarah Beth tells Betty that she and Arthur will be alone together next week since Sarah Beth has to go to her daughter's dance recital. Next day, Sterling Cooper, Harry gets his paycheck from the mailboy, but realizes he was also given Ken's paycheck by mistake. He takes a look at Ken's paycheck out of curiosity and finds out Ken is making much more than him, specifically $300 a week. He calls his wife Jennifer, he tells her this, and she encourages him to ask for a raise. Harry asks Sal for help in getting a new envelope to help cover up the fact that he looked at Ken's paycheck. 
um, tells Ken tells Sal how much Ken is getting paid, and Sal is also pretty upset by that. And Sal basically tells Harry to make to prove to Sterling Cooper that he is indispensable and therefore worthy of a raise. Uh, Roger and Ken tell Don what happened with Jimmy on the upset. Ken blames Freddy for being drunk and asleep. Roger blames both of them. And Duck comes in and tells them they're probably going to lose Utz as a client. Dusk's ask, Duck asks Don to talk to Jimmy, and Roger says that Don will fix it. Don says that Ken never should have brought the shillings to the shoot, but Ken says that he was going to run it by Don first, but he was out at a movie that we see in that earlier in the episode, and his secretary did never told him. Uh, Roger tells Don that if he wasn't out, that this probably would have all been prevented, and tells him to talk to his girl, Lois, the secretary. Um, Don demotes her back to the switchboards. Harry calls his friend Edgar, who works at CBS, and tells him that he's considering leaving Sterling Cooper, and Edgar, but then Edgar tells him that he lost two major sponsors over at CBS over an episode of The Defenders it's about to get that's an about an abortion trial. Uh, Harry asks if he can show the episode of Sterling Cooper to clients to try and get a new sponsor for Edgar. Um, the next day, Don goes to, Utz, to the Utz shoot to meet Jimmy, but instead he meets Bobby Barrett, Jimmy's wife and manager. Don tries to get Bobby to... Top, tries to get Bobby to get Jimmy to apologize. Bobby defends his behavior and mentions that Jimmy has a contract. Don offers Bobby a ride to Jimmy's rehearsal. Once they're in the car, it begins to hail. Bobby makes an advance on Don, who's initially resistant but acquiesces. Don comes home and washes his hands and mouth. Says hi to Sally and Betty. Sally wants to go right with Betty, but she says no. She gives Don his watch that she had repaired earlier in the episode, and it's monogrammed, uh, which makes him appear both touched and guilty at the same time. The next day at the stables, Betty and Arthur talk a bit about riding and how most of the men in Tara's family don't work. Arthur tries to kiss Betty, but she says no and leaves her hands shaking like they did in the first season. At the Draper home, Don is watching the kids for the day and calls Bobby. He invites her and Jimmy to dinner at Lutess on Monday night. Don tells Betty about Lutess when she gets home, and she's thrilled until she finds out that it's a business dinner. Don promises her they'll go alone another time. On Monday, Harry screens the Defenders episode to Belle Jolie Lipstick. A very uncomfortable bet and very uncomfortable Peggy, and tries to convince them that women will want to watch this show. But Elliot, the guy who tried to hook up with Sal in the first season, is uncomfortable. But he is impressed by the presentation. Harry tries to push further. Elliot makes a point to say hi to Sal, who's also very clearly uncomfortable. Roger calls Harry into his office and asks him what he wants. Harry asks to be the head of the at this point non-existent television department in Sterling Cooper and asks for a raise. Roger asks him how much he makes, which is two hundred dollars. Harry asks for three hundred and ten dollars. Roger gives him $225. Later that night, Harry tells Jennifer the good news, dancing around the subject of the TV show. That evening at Lutess, the Drapers and the Shillings are having a nice time, and then Hunt Schilling asks where he, he being Jimmy, is, which is the first time Edith finds out that he's going to be at this dinner. She, very understandably, does not want to see him, uh, but then Don tells her that he wants to apologize. When Bears gets to Lutess, Jimmy immediately begins flirting with Betty, Bobby and Don excuse themselves and they talking at the restroom. Don says the apology needs to happen soon, and Bobby says that Jimmy doesn't have to do anything, but even if he gets fired, he still has to get paid by Sterling Cooper. Don grabs Betty, pulls her hair back, and puts his hand up her dress and tells her to do as he to do as tells her to do as he says. They go back to the table where Bobby signals to Jimmy to apologize, which he does. Car ride home, Betty begins to cry. When Don asks why, she says that he just makes such a great team, and she loves it so much, and she cuddles up to him. What's the theme of this episode, Kathleen? Partnerships. Any any first thoughts as to why? Ah, <laughs> uh, so many partnership dynamics going on here. Um, a lot of insidious partner dynamics going on here. We see both like um, marital 
and like relationshipy, mm. and then we also see like business related stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know which one to start with. Where do we want to go first? Well, I, I don't know which one do you want to start. Let's talk about Betty. I always okay. love talking about Betty. She's such a tragic character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like her and Don's partnership. Um, in this episode, she's really used as like what she wanted to be, right? Because she, she's had that conversation with Francine where she's just like, I just want to be pretty and make people jealous and then I'm doing my job. And she gets to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her moment to shine with, you know, the Barrett guy. What is his name? Jimmy. Jimmy Barrett. It's all over her and she gets to be the pretty wife and, like, Don obviously brings her to be that side piece. Um, so... You have that dynamic going on. Sorry, I'm getting clogged up because of the cat allergies. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, in the meantime, but like it's interesting because she she's being tempted out of that role, right? Mm-hmm. She meets the Reddit. What's his name? Arthur. Arthur. That's why I thought Arthur um, is tempting her to be more of like a Dawn character, right? Mm-hmm. And like pull her out of that perfect wife role, and she initially resists it, but mm-hmm. it makes her clearly nervous. Um, so you get to see a little bit of that dynamic and, um, I'm like curious to know what you think the crying is at the end of that episode. Well, so what I think it is and what, what I find so interesting about the Betty and Don dynamic in this episode is that I feel like in a modern context to call a marriage a partnership has a generally like positive connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, it implies that there's not like a, a, a disparate power mm-hmm. dynamic or whatever, but I think in the Draper's context, it suggests something like a little more cold and unloving. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Betty's actually a romantic. Yeah. And, you know, she, she gets Don's watch fixed, which she has to fix because he bathes their children while he's wearing it. And that's why she has to get it fixed. And she takes the extra step to get it monogrammed. She gets him a little gift for, like, no reason. And when Don says, oh, hey, what do you think about going to Lutez on Monday night? She's like, uh, hell yeah. Like, that's awesome. He's, like, reciprocating. But it turns out it's just for business. And this kind of, you know upsets her i think she literally says like is this a meeting where i talk or when i, where I mm-hmm. don't talk um and so it's clear that even though she's willing to go the extra mile to, to to do these um romantic things he's not um and i i think that becomes even she she, she that disturbs her even more when she realizes that she's really just there as a prop for jimmy to flirt yeah. with like bobby tells john it's like he needs to know that he has like a chance with your wife he's, mm-hmm. he's gonna like cooperate um so I think that, you know, I think the crying is about the fact that she is actually, she has her problems, but she's pouring a bit into this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's in denial about how alone she feels yeah. and how it's not working for her. And I think that the situation at Lutez just kind of further... Um, reiterates sort of that feeling um because arthur tries he's like you're so sad and she's like now get away from me yeah um and i i think there's an interesting sort of dynamic too with the arthur thing because if you think about it um sarah Sarah beth and betty like when they're talking about arthur they they say oh reminds me of a place in the sun when uh, montgomery clift is trying to like sort of like worm his they say worm his way into the upper crust where he's like Clearly a guy who doesn't come from that much money, but marrying a very wealthy person, mm-hmm. so he's learning how to do, like, you know, riding, which is, like, this thing. And in some ways, you know, Don had a similar trajectory. He wasn't quite, well, he was kind of conniving. I mean, he did steal someone's identity. 
Um, of course, Bay doesn't know that yet. But, you know, he was a actually very poor person um, who married Betty, who I don't think is outrageously wealthy, but, like, it's implied that she's, like, kind of upper middle class. She yeah. comes from some money. Um, and so Arthur... It, it, it's implied a little bit that he, he views... He, he mentions, you know, he's like, oh, all the family in Tara's... All the men in Tara's family don't arrive, but they also don't work, so maybe they're onto something. It's clear that there's a little bit of a financial angle to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a realization from Betty that, you know, the romance is not inherent in every relationship, and that it may not be inherent in hers either. Yeah. I would agree with that. The crying almost feels like a kind of a last-ditch effort of, like, didn't I do well? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? And, like, balancing that like is this working is this not working like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. um and then kind of in um juxtaposition to that you have the barrett's relationship which is yes a marriage but like doesn't even pretend to be a marriage you yeah. know it's like 110 percent of partnership like mm-hmm. business partnership um bobby barrett's literally her husband's manager and she's literally like selling him to other people in a way mm-hmm. or like selling herself one and selling him. So it's really, they are like tied together, but it's clearly financial and business related. Mm -hmm. There is no hint of love at that relationship. I think they're both very openly, um, I mean, clearly they like cheat on Mm -hmm. each other, but I doubt they even consider it cheating. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just like, they're benefiting from this. So you have that dynamic of partnership where it's almost like, what Don is using Betty for, but he sugarcoats it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... I don't know if he thinks she's smart enough to understand that. Yeah. Um, where clearly, like, Bobby is in charge of that relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, sets up all the dynamics that go on in it. Um, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the... Uh, the, the it, it's interesting because I feel like the actual healthiest partnership we see in this episode is the one between Harry and Jennifer. Yeah. Um... Where, you know, Harry calls Jennifer and he's like, you know, I, I wanted, you said you wanted me to tell you when I'm upset. And she initially goes, oh, what did I do? Yeah. It's like maybe not a healthy response, but there, there's still a sense of care there. Yeah. Because um, he cheated on her, right? Later, in later seasons. No. Oh, with, yes, yes. With the right, secretary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can also, like, surmise from that dynamic, because, like, he was kicked out of the house and was staying, well, staying right, in the right. office. So you can surmise that there was, like, a reconciliation, and now you can see that there's, like, further communication. Like, they're mm-hmm. being more open with each other, yeah. which is cool. And she, you know, she convinces him to get a raise and all that. Now, of course, when he comes back home, there's something he doesn't tell her. He leaves out the details of, like, the TV show they watched and kind of... I feel like there's a little bit of an implication there that it would be upsetting for his pregnant wife to know that he was pushing an episode about abortion. Um, and, you know, he, he gets maybe a little less money than he was expecting to get. But still, it's, you know, a positive sort of, like, you know, it, like positive encouragement instead of, like, pushing or forcing yeah. someone to... It's, like, the way a real partnership... Like, I feel like today, if you call it marriage a partnership, yeah, there's that idea that there's not a hierarchy of power but it's also like a we're working together to solve problems kind of thing yeah. too and like that's clearly what they're doing where they're bouncing ideas off of each other mm-hmm. and they're giving each other encouragement exactly yeah um i think other the other the other partnerships are like the business partnerships 
Um, and you know, the name of this episode is The Benefactor, and Don describes Utz as the benefactors to Jimmy Barrett, or they're patrons of his art. They're like the Medici's. And, you know, because they're patrons of his art, they, he has to do what they want him to do. And, and that, that sort of dynamic pops up a lot. Um, there's the Defenders thing, where this episode of the Defenders is losing sponsors because, you know, it, it's, it's broad, they're, they're showing a touchy um, subject matter. And so there's this constant search for benefactors, for partners, um, and it seems like Arthur might view Tara as a benefactor, as, as a ticket to the, to the upper crust, as they say. Um, you can see within the Defenders dynamic, they were talking about the writers, how the writers had pitched, like, three other storylines mm-hmm. that were all, like, garbage, so that the only option was to do this one. It was actually about cannibals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, one other option, and it was horrifying. So, there's that, too. Um, so it's just a lot of people, like, playing, playing the partnership game. Yeah. I don't know what the partnership game is. But. <laughs> is it like the dating game? Is it like the pajama game? I don't know. Um, I think that's most of what I have for... Is Betty it? Is not Betty, Peggy? She's not really. Really, the only scenes we see of her is when she's watching the episode of Defenders and kind of, like, grimacing and clearly uncomfortable because it could have been her, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, is, is the implication. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's mostly it. Um, you just get to get the dynamics of a whole bunch of partnerships. Search for benefactors. And, you know, there, there, are, there are failures in partnerships in, in this episode. I think the Roger and Lois thing is, you know, she failed to hold up her end of the bargain. He says his job is not to cover for... Her job is not to cover for me. You're, you manage people's expectations. Um, she doesn't hold up her end of the bargain, but... Yeah, so she, that's she loses, and you know we get the sense that you know Joan says she's going to cover for Don while Lois is well while he's here for a new secretary, and uh, he. It seems like they would have a much better partnership, Don mm-hmm. and Joan. I actually really like, as we'll see more in later seasons. I like the scenes where it's just Don and Joan, and it's like a pretty platonic relationship. Um, like there's the one scene where like they go out to that bar together. Um. I forget exactly what happens, but it's really good. I think Joan is, like, one of the best women, female characters at, like, being in the corporate setting. Mm -hmm. And, like, she for sure, like, sexualizes herself to get her way. But I think she also is just smart enough and, like, quick enough to understand the expectations of the business Mm -hmm. and know how to do her job properly. And I think that earns her a lot more respect than other people. Um, I appreciate Joan. Yeah, she's great. Um, anything else on partnerships? I do not think so. Okay. Uh, we can go to our awards then. We'll start off with the Pete Campbell Memorial Worst of the Week. I think it's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Jimmy Barrett. Yep. Yeah, Fat Shaman's not good. He, he jeopardizes his, most of his career um, for the sake of making a few cheap jokes. Um, he is very, very, very gropey with... Well, he doesn't really grow up her, but he's very into all up in Betty's business. Really doesn't care. Um, just just a troublemaker. And he introduces Don to Bobby indirectly. And that's... A t- of, of all of Don's relationships, I think that's my least favorite of his. I would agree. I did actually think of one more partnership thing, though. Okay. Um, 
so you know don and betty go to this business center and there's there's kind of like a you know the idea was like oh you're here to be pretty and virginia flirt with you but contrast that to i'm keeping this for foreshadowing because it has to do with later episode okay never mind um okay well i want to talk about really quickly um, the Utz people's relationship. What are their last names again? The Shillings. The Shillings. They have a nice, healthy relationship. They do. And I think that we should just mention that, like, there are some healthy dynamics yes. in this TV show. And, like, you don't see a lot of them, but they're very, like, caring. To, they're supportive. They're caring. Um, yeah. But he, the husband, Hunt, does have her sit. He doesn't tell her that Jimmy's going to be there. True. So there, there's some cracks in that. That's true. All right, uh, Roger Sterling, best quote of the week. I don't remember any. There, there aren't a ton of good ones, um, but the one I did find was that um, when, when they're all freaking out about the Jimmy situation, Duck comes in and he goes, Utz is going to lose Jimmy and we're going to lose Utz. And Roger goes, oh, God, I miss the 50s. It's more in the delivery than the line itself. Okay. He was staring at me blankly. Um... Yeah, not, not, not a lot of good ones. The, the other one I had is that when they're talking about a place in the sun, Betty goes, in reference to Arthur, somewhere there's a pregnant girl floating in a lake. And Sarah Beth goes, I'm from the south. There are such people. <laughs> Maybe that was a little better. I don't know. I like that one. <laughs> okay. You ready to go into foreshadowing? <laughs> that I alluded to before was that um, in a later episode when Don and Megan, his, his future wife, um, I believe they're married at that point, are uh, they go to a business center with Heinz and they they sort of in tandem pitch um, an oh, ad for yeah. Heinz beans and it's very like it, they're very like it's it's mo- I think it's pretty much all her idea or yeah. mostly her idea and they definitely work together well to, to get this deal done. And Don's really into it. Um, and she's like, yeah, but it, it's you. You can contrast that with this other business center where Betty's just kind of there to shut up and be pretty. Yeah. I, any other foreshadowing that comes to your mind? Honestly, not really. I didn't have a, a, a bunch either. The only other two I really had was that, you know, uh, Ken says to... Freddie goes, I don't care if you drink, but it's interfering with your job. Mm-hmm. I believe later this season, we'll see, um, or next season, uh, Freddie will just be completely ossified and he'll like pee his pants before a client meeting and then get fired. So it does, in fact, affect his job. And the other is like this kind of awkward dinner situation also um, foretells like that one dinner Betty will host with like um, everybody, mm. with like Duck and a bunch of other people. And it's, like, the whole thing about Heineken, where she buys mm. Heineken. They're talking about how best to sell Heineken. And she feels made a fool of, because she didn't know that there was this push for Heineken. Um, and she gets very upset. So ser- a ser- a first in a series of upsetting dinners for Betty, I guess. But, she uh, tried so hard in that dinner, yeah. too. I think that's it for foreshadowing? Yeah. Okay. Any, any final thoughts about this episode? It feels a little bit like a one-off episode. Yeah. Where, like, the characters obviously continue throughout, but the major, like, plot points 
are a little bit contained mm-hmm. within this episode, which I think makes it a little enjoyable because you go to kind of break for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is not one of my like absolute favorites, but uh, gets the job done, I guess. All right, I guess that's it. Short episode this week or whatever month, whatever. Um, I'm Mike Levito. You can find my writing on thepostwriter.com. Follow me on Twitter at mlevito. See me at Letterboxd at Mike. I'm Kathleen Levito, and you can find my writing at Rise to the Sun on Instagram. Uh, we both contribute to the Post Rider, so I don't know why I just said myself for that one time. Follow this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Listen to our other podcast, The Real Life Oscar Challenge, which we do for our roommate Lars. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. And remember, folks, uts are better than nuts. And as always, thank you to Matt Zoller Sites and the Lip Sisters. You all are truly giants on whose shoulders we stand. See you next week. We'll talk about the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody.